0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include square footage pricing in the U.S., my interview with first-time homebuyer Ben Cottingham on how he made his choice of lender and how his originator best helped him throughout the process, and it's Fed Decision Day. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Calc. Given that rates are the highest they've been in decades, how can homeowners be convinced to move into a new home? With the trade and mortgage powered by Calc, homeowners can buy before they sell, make non-contingent offers, and tap their home equity to fund the down payment on their next home. The result? Lenders help their clients negotiate a lower purchase price, reduce their interest payments, and eliminate PMI. Did you know that the date of the last day in 2023 is one two three one two three? 2 In other fun with numbers, the median sale price per square foot for new single-family homes in the U.S. has increased a whopping 368% since 1980. Additionally, the median square footage for homes in the U.S. has increased 52% since 1980, with the median sales price having increased 609%. Compared to 2008, the peak of the financial crisis, home buyers today face an 85% higher median sale price per square foot of homes. California is the most expensive state when looking at price per square foot. The highest and lowest cities, San Jose at $845 per square foot and Cleveland at $133 per square foot. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show first-time homebuyer Ben Cottingham to talk about how he made his choice of lender and how his originator best helped him throughout the process. I think it's valuable for those in the industry out there to hear from young home buyers about their decision-making.
1: I want to have a general first-time homebuyer discu- real estate discussion mm-hmm. and ask various things, then kind of maybe hindsight 2020, what you would have done differently. So let's start by asking... Did you get a realtor or get qualified with a mortgage company first and why?
2: Mm. I went with a realtor first. I found a realtor first because um, I really wasn't sure when or where I was going to buy. At first, I I looked at a lot of places and a couple different cities, um, and it just didn't make sense for me to have that. or in my mind, it didn't make sense for me to have, like, what I was qualified for on hand, knowing that I was really loose with my purchase date, um, like there was no timeline for that, uh, and so, uh, and I was able, I appreciated doing that because then I was able to get a lot of perspective from the realtors on how they would approach talking to the mortgage lenders and agents. Um, I know, like, there's some questions about how incentives are aligned there for them, but it was helpful to get perspectives from a couple of folks that definitely knew the field better than I did Um, rather than me trying to just go get offers or not, uh, not offers, but like get, uh, finding out what I was qualified for through multiple like mortgage providers first.
1: And when you ultimately went with a mortgage provider how do you decide who you wanted to work with?
2: Yeah. So um, one of the helpful things that I learned from some of the realtors that I spoke to and other folks in the real estate arena was like certain employers may have partnerships with um, different lenders that get you various levels of points back on on whatever your rate is or or kind of cash on hand at signing and things like that and so um it 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 made me one look into what resources my employer had available and then what if there were any other resources for folks in my particular industry and because i work in um like nonprofit public service space there were some programs that provided assistance around mortgages and so um it gave me a little extra homework but it also um kind of broadened my understanding of who I could get money from for my mortgage. Uh, And so that was helpful. From that point, it was really a lot of conversations with the agents at those different um, institutions um, and kind of seeing and comparing how those different points or cash at signing and the rates, how that all compared across the different providers. Did you go in with a plan of, oh, well, I want the lowest
1: rate or I want the biggest house or I want to put 20% <laughs> down or the, the least down yeah. that I can or do like, what was, your, what was your plan or strategy and did that change?
2: Yeah. So I went in with an absolute max in terms of the amount of cash I would have available to sign. I, I knew like what my monthly budget could handle in terms of a mortgage payment, um, Definitely didn't understand how the mortgage payment would fit with all the utilities. That's another conversation. But uh, I, I really had a hard cap on the cash that I would have on hand at signing. Um, and so it was really like, how much can I play with this number to get what I felt like was the optimal deal? Like I had an idea of what size house I wanted and... um like how many bedrooms and things like that, but in terms of like knowing what the max uh, mortgage like total would be or or like selling price would be, or what the rate would be, I was super flexible on that just because I didn't know what any of it looked like, and so i I played with a bunch of different calculators and would spend a lot of time talking to my 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 reps from the different mortgage uh providers just kind of have them plug in numbers and give me different quotes as I thought of different things or talk to people that gave me ideas on how to restructure the mortgage in in other ways. And so uh but but yeah my 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 like really steadfast concrete variables were the amount of cash that I had um on hand at signing.
1: You made a note there about utilities and housing payment. What can you elaborate on that a little bit? What was what uh
2: How'd you get hoodwinked? Yeah, I don't, I didn't get hoodwinked. I just, I've been, it's the first, because I mean, it's the first time I bought a house. Uh, being a renter for so long, there were like other utilities that I just, they were invisible to me as a part of the rental prices that I would pay. Um, things like trash, sewer. And and I know like other, like certain rental properties, you'll know those kind of things exist. Um, but for me, I just didn't, I didn't do my homework. And so that's like one thing I wish I had done going back, like been more diligent about assessing what all of those different utilities would be because um, I was just just straight up unaware um, going in.
1: Well, if you were straight up unaware, it, it probably took you getting some advice. And I guess during the process, you would have got that from your loan officer or your real estate agent. But before you had applied for a mortgage or, or house shopping... Where'd you go for advice? Where'd you wish you would have gone for advice? Or or like kind of what options did you think were available to you out there? Or where what do you wish you would have had? Kind of give us the the full perspective there.
2: Yeah, I think the first thing for me was I just I there was a a newsletter that went out um at my company. I mean, several years before I ended up actually buying a place, but it it had one of these mortgage loan programs um for folks in my industry. And I I, I spent a long time just talking to one of their representatives to understand the process a little more um, i I reached out to friends and family that are in the mortgage industry to kind of pick their brains on how they would approach it like you you always hear or you see the kind of clickbait articles on the internet like it's a great time to buy it's the worst time to buy this is the market you should buy in this is the market you shouldn't buy in um, and sometimes it's just helpful to kind of have someone cut through the noise a little bit. Who spends their time in that space regularly? Uh, I can I can shamelessly give a, a plug to you for helping me out in in that regard, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, but but I think having those kind of conversations with folks where they knew I wasn't going to be utilizing them as a loan officer as a real estate agent, I was just asking for their expertise. Um, that gave me greater confidence that. Um, our incentives were aligned in the conversation so that I could ultimately make um, a better decision uh, at the end of the day.
1: You know what's funny about that is some of the best loan officers or originators or brokers that I I talk to or I interview or uh, I, do, I have general discussions with, they're all about educating people rather than selling people. And I think that really comes across to consumers of I got I like I'm being sold on something versus, oh, this person is trying to you know work with me and and they they want to hold my hand a little bit and and make sure that I understand things so that I can feel good about this huge transaction that I'm getting into. So, last question for you here. I want to kind of tie this all together. Hindsight 2020 throughout the process. What do you wish you would have done differently or known sooner or changed about anything or, uh, yeah, open-ended question for you
2: it's not quite hindsight 2020, but I almost missed this option Um was I was able to to buy down the rate, like a half a point pretty cheaply Um in a way that it made sense if I held onto the property for just even two years, it would pay itself off. Um, and I didn't know that was a thing you could do. And so I'm just really glad that that came up in a conversation that I had because um, I didn't know that that was something you could do. Um, and I, I think the other thing that I, I think I would ask more questions um, about kind of the adjustable rate mortgages. So I ended up going with one, but there's a lot of variation in how you can structure those. And I didn't have as many conversations and I've, I've, I've learned from other folks who have recently bought homes or, or have been buying homes for a while that, um, you can get pretty creative with, with how those look. Um, and I think sometimes that makes a lot of sense, especially for me, I know that the place that I was, I was buying at that time, I wasn't, it was, there's a low likelihood that I will be there beyond, um, the adjustable rate period that's on my mortgage. Um, if I am, then I'll figure out another solution on how to move forward with that. But I think for folks that are getting their first home, like a lot of times they're probably in the same situation where you might not want to be there forever, um, but you want to get in the game um, and have a place of your own. I think considering, considering those adjustable uh, rate mortgages is, is sometimes a really useful tool that, that folks are sometimes scared away from. So that was, that was, a, that was a helpful learning for me. And you got lucky
1: too. It paying for itself in two years is is normally much less than uh, what normally happens with points. They say it's it's about seven years on average. Mm-hmm. Uh, staying yeah. in the home for longer than seven years or more than it's worth paying points. Otherwise, it's not. But two years is great for you. And I guess one one bonus question here. I know you're fixing up the place. How's the how's the remodel been out there?
2: Oh man, it's uh it is. It is simultaneously one of the most uh, frustrating things and most rewarding things. Uh, when you get to, when you get to finish a room up and, and look at the fin- at the finished product, it's it's fantastic. But uh, uh it definitely is the the initial starting point uh, can feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose. But no, it's going great. Um, you definitely should come visit and check it out. Um, but but I'm loving I'm loving having the place and greatly appreciate everyone who helped me along the way to to find the right spot for me.
1: I would love that. And I'm actually, I'm one year into my remodel, and I have maybe one room done in the house out of eight or nine. So uh, <laughs> when I finish that project in 2036, I, I invite you to come visit me too. But, Absolutely. But uh, for today, I, I very much appreciate the time. Thanks for talking to me.
2: Oh, of course. Thanks for having me, and um appreciate you.
0: Ahead of today's Fed rate decision, where there's almost zero chance of a rate hike. Yields on benchmark bonds rose to fresh closing highs for the year yesterday. Why? The market continues to price in the higher for longer narrative. On the data front, the U.S. Census Bureau reported that new residential construction for single-family starts declined 4.3% to a seasonally adjusted annualized rate of 941000 in August. Total housing starts, which includes multifamily, that was down 26.3% for the month, dropped 11.3% overall to a 1.28 million unit pace, the lowest since June of 2020 when builders were struggling with shutdowns, labor shortages, and supply chain issues, and well below 1.43 million estimates. The pullback in starts surprisingly contrasts a strong gain in both single-family and multifamily building permits, which increased to 1.54 million, up 7% month over month. The big headline from the report was, understandably, the continued collapse in multifamily starts to a seasonally adjusted annualized rate of $342,000. Multifamily starts have dropped precipitously as of late due to high interest rates and extensive new supply already under construction. With mortgage rates over 7% and a further decline in homebuilder confidence in September, some additional softening is to be expected. Fortunately, starts should remain relatively resilient through the rest of the year, given the ongoing lack of inventory of existing homes available for sale. New construction adds desperately needed inventory that could help buyers facing affordability challenges, but permits have generally trended downwards since the summer of 2022. Keep in mind that earlier in the week, the market received a weaker-than-expected NAHB housing market index for September. Turning to today, and the Fed, Besides the MBA reporting that applications rose last week by 5.4%, this afternoon brings the latest FOMC decision with a statement and updated summary of economic projections followed by Fed Chair Powell's press conference. Consensus expectations are for a hawkish pause, where the Fed maintains the current Fed funds rate and signals one more hike in the dot plot. There are mixed expectations as to when the Fed will hike again with predictions ranging from the end of this year to the end of next year. Even with more of the same hawkish tone, the Fed will likely take a fairly patient approach, and a simple reminder of the central bank's willingness to implement additional rate increases will have some slowing effect on the economy, without the Fed actually having to take action. Investors will be looking for any clues as to when the Fed will start cutting rates. Prior to the Fed, MBA released its weekly mortgage applications, which increased 5.4% from one week earlier. In the very early going, agency MBS prices are better by about an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 4.34 after closing yesterday at 4.37%. The 2 years at 5.06%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. People often ask me what I read. Well, I just finished reading a book about the history of WD 40. It was non friction. (laughs) Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Cal. The trade in mortgage levels the playing field and empowers loan officers to stay competitive and close more deals. With non contingent financing, bigger down payments, and the ability to buy and move before selling, Calc simplifies the home buying and selling process for everyone involved. To learn more about the trade and mortgage and sign up for a demo, head to Calc's website at www.tradenmortgage.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robcrispin.com. Visit robcrispin.com for more information on our industry partners access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.